Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are continuing with Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Last time we talked about Chapter 9, The Dark Marks. We'll do a quick recap on that. And then we're going to talk about Chapter 10, Mayhem at the Ministry. Things are starting to actually happen. Yeah, but we're not at Hogwarts yet. Nope, not even at Hogwarts. Ten chapters in. Haven't even got to the school of witchcraft and wizardry. Soon. Yeah, I think it's Maybe. I don't know. Chapter 9. Last time, it was the post-Quidditch Cup celebration carrying on into the evening. The celebration turned to screams of panic and terror. A tight circle of hooded masked wizards were moving slowly across the campsite. They have the Muggle family, the campsite owners, suspended in air above them. Tents are getting trampled. Tents are catching fire. And to make things worse, Harry, of course, has lost his wand. That's just irresponsible. Happens every book. To you gun owners out there, you ever just lose your gun? On uh, How I Met Your Mother, Robin loses her gun a lot. We've been watching a lot of How How I Met Your Mother, guys. Uh, We come across Winky, the house elf in the woods. Someone uses the Mosmodre spell, which conjures the dark, dark mark into the sky. Lots of accusations about who conjured this dark mark. Lots of accusations. Pretty much everybody. Yeah, I, You did it. I no, accused, you did it. No, you I accused did it. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was you. Oh, okay. Everybody I'm getting suspected. confused. Uh, Harry learns that Death Eaters are Voldemort, Voldemort loyalists. Easy for me to say. We have lots of suspects... To who may have conjured the dark mark, and that's where we leave chapter nine and head into chapter ten, mayhem at the ministry. And it's not like a physical mayhem. It's not like you know the ministry's not attacked or anything like that. No, it's more of a uh, a paperwork mayhem. Yeah, a figurative mayhem, a uh, a papier (laughs) mayhem. That doesn't sound very mayhem-y. Yeah, Papier it's just sounds kind of fun. Papier is French for paper. Yeah, so but it know. sounds fun that way, so it doesn't really Everything sounds fit. better in French. You know that. Oh, okay. Bibliothèque. It's library. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Discotheque. That's the club. Club. <laughs> Music club. Fromage. Yeah. That's cheese. Well, a lot of it sounds really close to Spanish. Uh, what is swimming pool? It was like, uh, low, low uh, We'll have an intern look it up. My favorite, my favorite was always soccer photos. Oh, no. Uh, soccer photos. Soccer photos, but it means to take pictures. It uh, doesn't I, mean I think, I think going soccer. swimming is la piscine. <laughs> Aww. La piscine, because somebody... Because somebody pees in the pool? Well, we would always, we'd always remember it like, no piecing in the pool. <laughs> uh, but we digress. Uh, chapter 10, the Weasley Potter Granger crew wake up at the campgrounds the night after the Dark Mark drama. It's kind of weird that they all just like went back to bed. Yeah, I really was confused by that. I was like, wait, what? We're still here? We didn't just go home? Yeah, we didn't Why just go didn't home. Why didn't we just go the home? They're like, they were, it was, it was, they were really tired. Like, okay, I know, like... I mean, packing, maybe that would be a pain, but I know Voldemort's probably back. His and prowling the woods. Back. There's... But... Evildoers everywhere. 
We're Let's really just go tired. To sleep. Let's just sleep for a few hours. Harry found hours. his wand. We're good now. <laughs> they found it, guys. Found it. So uh, they sleep it off. Uh, Mr. Roberts, the muggle landowner, has more brain damage after being flashy-thanged again. Mr. Weasley said he'd be fine. He's like, Merry Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody! You okay, Jess? Yeah. Jess I had a little coughing fit. Jess just had a... I tried to take a little sippy of my soda, and I don't know, bad things happened. Well, it is a Diet Pepsi, yeah, so it's, it's pretty gross. It's not great. It's pretty gross. I still haven't recovered my taste, and I still don't really... Because it's got a tang to it. Yeah, like, that's. I think that's what I choked on was the tang. So I can't taste it post-COVID, but I can feel... I'm, I'm to the point now where I just do things because I just want to feel something. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'll, I'll eat, like, a uh, like a, a tangy candy because I can, I can feel like a... I can feel like a tang to it, but I can't pick out the taste, if that makes sense. You know how, like, lemonade has, like, a tart to it? Yeah. Like, so if you gave me a glass of lemonade and a glass of water, and it was, like, a blind taste test, I could tell which one was a lemonade because of the tart. But Diet Pepsi, Diet, most Anything. diet drinks in, in general, I don't know if the aspartame, the sucralose, or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, like, burns so bad. <laughs> <clears throat> kills them rats, though. Kills yeah. Them, kills them good. Kills them dead. Maybe we I wish we had, uh... When uh, Peter Pettigrew was around, just dump a Diet Pepsi on him. He's like, ah, I'm melting! I'm melting! Oh, <laughs> uh, so Mr. Roberts has brain damage again. Assuming uh, probably his whole family does, too, because they were they probably all got flashy Oh, things. yeah, yeah. A whole lot of flashy things. Uh, the crew returns to the burrow, and Molly Weasley is incensed after reading this is my yeah, mom by i was the way. like <laughs> this you, is you my didn't mom send her a message not only did you not go home after the traumatic events you you didn't send her a message yeah my, my mom you can't would be, text her would say be hey we're cool very upset yeah if she you know knew that i was like say i was in chicago and she heard on the news that there was some one train derailed in chicago <laughs> one of the the l trains in like north of Chicago, and we stay in South Chicago. And then I and just she would she would lose her mind. And I just didn't tell her until I got home. That <laughs> <laughs> you were fine. And I just slept well, it off. But see, she'd track your phone. But then she'd still be worried somebody stole your phone and that she was tracking them. So Molly Weasley is incensed after reading in the Daily Prophet about the events <laughs> of last night, and that article in the Daily Prophet tells of the the horror. Of the night before. And it's classic. It's what they do on the news all the time. Yeah. It's they, they scare you into wanting to, to read it. They scare you into wanting to watch. You know, that's that's what news is. You know, that's what news has become. News has become engrossing you in the story by making you fearful. Uh, you know, they do that anytime there's there's weather. On the news, we're, yeah. everybody, you know, stop what you're doing right now and pay attention to this. You feel like you you have to be informed or you're not able to handle the situation, so you have to watch. So the article in the Daily Prophet tells of the events of the night before, but also goes a little editorialized and drags the ministry's reputation through the mud in the process. And the article is written by Rita Skeeter, and it's the first time we've mentioned her, I believe. I 
Uh, Arthur and Percy seem to already have an opinion formed about her. So what can you tell us about their opinion or what we know about Rita Skeeter? Well, it seems like the Ministry is an easy target for her, and she uses it a lot. And so, and they both work at the Ministry, so they take that a little personally. So she tends to write articles, like anti-Ministry articles, yeah, just pointing out mistakes, I think, is her biggest thing. Ministry doesn't take I don't think she's like, defund the ministry or anything. Whoa. She's just like... It's like it all political. Here. They're not good. Look at how they screwed up. Look at what they did this time. So how does that make her a bad person, though? Isn't that what journalists are supposed to do? If she's being accurate. Oh. Is she not being accurate? Oh, I think she's blowing things out of proportion but again that's what journalists well, do the dark lord is back <laughs> i don't <laughs> we know we don't know that for sure We're, nobody knows he has that showed for up sure. at school every year for the last three years <laughs> he was hiding in the head of one of their professors <laughs> for an entire year that's not really back so Arthur was anonymously, his name wasn't mentioned, but he was anonymously, anonymously easy for me to say, quoted in the article. But he didn't really say anything inaccurate, and he didn't really say anything that was even bad. Yeah. I'm, but he's still really worried about the ministry being upset with him. Yeah, maybe he just, maybe there's some kind of protocol or rule he's not supposed to be, or he's not the spokesman, so he shouldn't be saying things. But yeah, like you said, he didn't say anything inaccurate or bad. I mean, and I don't even think he gave like he didn't give like Rita Skeeter a quote. No, he, just, did, said he just said to the said general it, public, yeah, he just said it okay, out loud. It's fine, let's go back to bed. Mm -hmm. Apparently, it was getting everybody to go back it's to bed. It's fine. It's fine. You're fine. Woo. <laughs> that's my dog, who's let's always. Look, let's not look for the squeakiest toy right now. As <laughs> As we're recording. He's always nervous about something, so I'm constantly saying, it's, you're fine, Woo. You're fine. So Arthur is going to be spending a lot of time at the ministry in the near future. Looks like they've got a lot of PR to clean up. Also, you know, different departments, I'm sure, are very on edge now about the dark mark reappearing in the sky and the potential reformation of, of Voldemort's followers. I know that's not really... Arthur's department, I think Molly even kind of says that. Yeah. But this isn't what you do. There are many departments at the ministry, and I would think that that applies the potential return of the Dark Lord, <laughs> the darkest time in magical history. Uh, the bringer upon of that, I think, would probably raise a lot of red flags in a lot of departments there. Harry comes clean to Ron and Hermione about his scar hurting lately coinciding with his bad dreams. I use that in air quotes because he thinks they're dreams. Yeah, but, I, I saw that. I saw but we really know, or we seem to believe, or I seem to believe, that he was actually seeing the horrible things that Voldemort was doing on the other side of the country or wherever he was at. Trelawney's prediction last year. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. I had forgot about it too, but I think it's relevant. We, we bring here. it up right here where we need to bring it up. The only time Trelawney was really right is when she doesn't remember. And I love how, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm still choking okay? on my Diet Coke. Get another drink Diet of that Pepsi. Diet, no. Diet Pepsi. No. That'll kill, any, that'll kill anything bad that's in there. 
uh, I love how Hermione was like, as soon as, as soon as Harry said her name, she was like, oh, oh that woman, why? And uh, also the chaos at the Quidditch Cup, all these things kind of coincided with Harry's feeling. Yeah. His spidey sense Big going coincidences on. coincidences going on. And Harry explains that he wrote to Sirius, but hasn't heard back yet. Should we be worried about Hedwig? Because Hedwig's kind of just... Been missing? Yeah. No, she's, she's doing her job. Is she just having a hard time finding Sirius? Or, or they just really said that Sirius away. could be like in Africa or something? Yeah. And it's just like a long trip? And that's not a trip she can do in a couple of days, Harry. She could if she was an African swallow. <laughs> but African not swallows are mon- non-migratory. <laughs> and she's not. She's a snow owl. And she's... Taking her time. Little Monty Python and the Holy Grail there yep. for you. Mark that on your bingo sheet. For you people under the age of 40 who <laughs> don't know what we're talking about. Uh, Sorry, Anastasia. <laughs> campers from the Quidditch Cup. I thought this was funny. I had to write it down. Uh, some campers from the Quidditch that were at the Quidditch Cup are sending howlers to the ministry demanding that their damaged property be paid for. And there is one in particular that I think Percy points out that said that I had like an eight bedroom tent with the jacuzzi in it and I demand and mine was There's damaged twelve bedroom because tent. of the, who needs a twelve bedroom tent because of the lack of security provided by the ministry and I demand that they recompensate me for it. And Percy said, Dude, you had like like a coat with like a stick propping it up. <laughs> You didn't have that. That's I know fraud, that for Jess. A fact. That's insurance fraud, is what that is. It is. That's fraud. Mm-hmm. I guess it's not insurance fraud, but that that it reminds me of like when somebody's like house burns down and the insurance says, "Okay, well we need a list of everything you had." He said, "Well, I had eight. I had a Ferrari. I had in the eight seventy-inch TVs. Yep." Just in my basement and in case nine, I needed four them. carat diamond rings. I had four in... copies of Superman number one in min, in min condition. Oh, comic. <laughs> the first time I watched the movie, I was like, why would that be important? It's a really good movie, Jess. Oh, okay. He goes back in time. I thought we didn't like time travel. Yeah, it's stupid. Okay. <laughs> the only time that in recorded history that Superman has ever had time travel powers. Which you think that he could just save everybody. Yeah, you could just do it go all back time. in time all the time. Uh, for those of you under the age of forty, again, Superman was a movie that came out in nineteen seventy-eight, starring the late great Christopher Reeve. And there was time travel. That was before both of us were born, so it must be super old. Super old. It was before both of us were born, so there's a lot of fraud going on right now. And another fun thing—that was kind of a fun thing in the chapter. Another fun thing in the chapter. Kind of to yin and yang all the the downer stuff. I'm fascinated by the clock in the Weasley's house. Oh, you like the clock? Can you explain a little bit about the clock, how um, it functions? We just get a, like a glimpse of it in the movie, or one of the movies. I don't even know if it's this movie, but we get a glimpse of it in the movies. And yeah, it's just the Weasley's magical clock. It's how Mrs. Weasley knows where everybody's at, whether or not they're in mortal peril. But it doesn't have numbers. It has no. the, the faces on it. No, it names? has it has like locations okay. on it, and the arms. There's like there's 
several. There's right. an arm for each person, and it points to where they're at. So if they're at school, then Ron and Jenny and uh, oh oh, and uh, Fred and George would be pointing towards school. What would be the different places that would be on our clock? Um, home, work, travel, uh, lore coursing for me. Comic book show for you? No, I don't go to enough comic book shows to warrant a place on the clock. Where else do you go? Basement. <laughs> I think that counts as home. Yard. Yard. <laughs> Bathroom. Trivia? Like we used to go to trivia no, every week. Don't do that anymore. Don't Thanks, do that COVID. Anymore. COVID. Um, it would pretty yeah. much be where a uh, where Jess is at clock and where Wu is at clock. Yeah. Oh, walk. Put, oh, oh, sorry. Don't say that I, out loud. I didn't mean to say that word. Um, we could say that though, that word that I just said that mm-hmm. we can't say. Because he's already begging for one. Yeah. So mine would just always be at home. Or Michael's. Yes. Or Michael's. <laughs> Another fun thing that I found in this chapter, I'm trying to find the positive in this chapter. Just as you know, I'm a very uh, positive person. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is not true. I'm Always, I'm always a glass half empty kind of guy. However, I'm going to try to find another positive in this chapter. The twins have seemingly regained some leverage over Molly. Ooh, yeah. In this chapter, her last words before the Quidditch Cup were about their poor school performance last year. And when Molly heard of the chaos at the Quidditch Cup, she was distraught that her last words to her boys would be something negative. Yeah. So now the boys have. Notice this. <laughs> and they appear to be off. Probably they s- seem to be creating another Weasley's Wizard Weezes order form. But they said they weren't. And it Mo- says in the text, babe, that they're not doing that. And Molly calls them out on it. Oh. And they give her a guilt trip. Something along the lines of, Mom, what if those are the last words you ever say <laughs> <laughs> And everybody has a laugh, including Molly, which yes. I thought which I thought was nice. But the twins now have regained upper some hand. Pot, the upper hand over poor Molly. And Rita Skeeter is causing more trouble for the ministry as she has found out about Bertha Jorkin's months long disappearance. And this is Uh-oh. apparently not gonna be good when this gets out. Why would this be bad news for the ministry if this gets out is that just gonna like fuel people's paranoia about the voldemort thing well just and their lack of doing anything because they've all been like ah she's fine she gets lost all the time she does this it's no big deal and they haven't done anything but i think she arthur's afraid that he'll she'll spin it rita will spin it to be you know another lack of initiative lack of responsibility on the ministry's part let me ask they don't you even this. keep track of their employees is she wrong it depends i mean does this lady know. really do these things i don't know a lot of people are are kind of down on rita skeeter but i don't know if she's really doing <laughs> anything wrong in in this i mean she might be a she might have been a little sensationalistic in her description of the events of the night before, but that it was bad. The dark mark was conjured. Yes. 
muggles were harassed. Children were almost stunned. Remember, they had to drop to the ground or they would have been shot multiple times from different people. Yeah, there's... I mean, I don't know if she... She might be underselling it a little bit. (laughs) And the fact that... If she only knew what happened in the woods. That a prominent member of the ministry has been missing and nobody's even thought to go look for her. I mean, that's dropping the ball on the ministry's part. They just say, oh, she's she's a goofball. She's a goofball. We've been really busy. We've been really busy with the Quidditch stuff. We had to stuff. plan this game. Yeah. <laughs> you know how much work goes into putting on one of those events? Planning a game? World Cup. Not just a game. The World Cup. Somebody's life. Everybody. Is on the line. There was a lot of lives on the line at the game. Couple things kind of? left here. Another fun scene. Jess, can you describe the dress robes scene for us, please? Oh goodness! Oh goodness! And what is the and the concept of dress robes? I guess that they are on the uh, school supply list for for this year, fourth years. Yeah. Uh, so Molly, you know, took all the lists and went shopping for all the kids while they were at the World Cup, and so she picked up dress robes because it's on Ron and Harry's at least list. Mm-hmm. We didn't specify if it was on anybody else's list. But, um, yeah. So Harry's she, are, are okay. Well, she bought those with some of Harry's money, yeah. right? She took some of Harry's money out for him. Yeah, and bought all his school supplies mm-hmm. for him. And Harry's are fine. He doesn't think that's much of a big deal. He's like, my mine are just, like, green. I mean, I don't yeah, really like Slytherins, like, but... <laughs> just like Makes green my eyes pop. Robes. Yeah, she thought it would go good with his eyes. <laughs> Um, but Ron's are like plum, and, and really, and they have lace on them. I think the movie does a really good job at depicting these. By the way, mm. so you got that to look forward to. Um, and but they're like secondhand, of course, used ones, so they're probably out of fashion, mm-hmm. older. Yeah, um, like when you see like those nineteen seventies like prom tuxedos. Yeah. <laughs> And they're always in the weird colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There you go. You're, you're picturing the right thing. Yeah. So Ron is not, he's not having it. He's hes saying that this is not going to be, this is not happening. I'm not taking it. I'm not wearing it. Which he means that. He said he'd rather go naked. <laughs> Molly's like, well, fine. Go naked then. Harry, get me a picture. Make sure you get a picture. Uh, so all of this uh, backlash from Ron means that we will see him in the dress robes yes. <laughs> later on. Yeah, which I'm looking forward to. And Jess, it looks like finally ten chapters in, we might actually be going back to Hogwarts next chapter. Oh, really? Maybe I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of they're they're saying like tomorrow they're got to get on the train. Oh yeah, they're packing. Which means that it's probably going to be another three chapters before we get. Uh, well. Chapter 11 is aboard the Hogwarts Express, so, so we're on the train. No, no, not not necessarily. We're getting aboard. Maybe in the last, like, sentence they'll put one <laughs> foot onto. <laughs> the rest of it's just going to be them waiting around for the train to get there, maybe getting a snack at the, the snack bar. Maybe. Uh, and that's it for Chapter 10. So, a lot of... A lot of long nights at the ministry upcoming, probably for Arthur and all of the other yeah, ministry Yeah, it said they s- it would have been a week from the time the the Quidditch Cup ended to they're getting packed and ready to get on the train. It's been a week. Not to mention that we already got 
word of something else that I think was the 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 games and sports department or whatever is having to work on something coming up at Hogwarts <laughs> this year too. And we know how when they have to work on sports stuff, they just let everything else go. Yeah. It's got a focus. And like, listen guys, I know the Dark Lord is bad. I know his followers are bad. I know they are amassing numbers. However, we have a game to play. <laughs> Some kind of sporting contest coming they up at Hogwarts. They take their sports very seriously, and they are very elaborate. I'm going to get a shirt that says Rita Skeeter was right. <laughs> I think y'all need to back off a little bit. Because I've heard all these things about, oh, Rita Skeeter's the worst. Oh, I hate her so much. Maybe you shouldn't mm. invest in that shirt until the end of the book. Okay. Uh, before we go, i got an email for you. Oh, an email. You didn't tell me. It's surprising. No, now. I never tell you about the emails. I want you Once to in a while, you tell me. Uh, this one comes from Becky in El Hi, Paso, Becky. Texas. Ooh, it's probably still warm there. She writes, Hi, Jess and Dan. She put your name first. Yes. It's Hello, always Becky. bugged me that owls can seemingly find anyone in the world to deliver a message. But the ministry can never find the criminals that they're searching for. Hmm. Why don't they just send Voldemort an owl post and follow it? <laughs> well, Becky, there's a very simple uh, owl recipient patient confidentiality clause and you can't do that that's against the rules hedwig go find voldemort (laughs) very simple scooby (laughs) owl recipient confidentiality clause look it up i mean you think they could find i just made it they could find bertha jorkins too yeah just send her a, a post if it wasn't for the confidentiality clause it'd be simple is that a hole in the storytelling there? That or? she doesn't explain the confidentiality clause? Yes. I guess so. <laughs> sticking you to just this. Made that I am, up. I'm sticking to this. You made it up. I think it's a hole in the storytelling, and I think Becky in El Paso, Texas found it. You can't just ask the mailman, hey, what's that guy's name that lives across the The mailman street? is not magic! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Owls are! There's a confidentiality. You can't just say, hey, that guy across the street, what's his name? I'm sure our mailman would tell us if he knew. I don't think he looks at the mail before he puts it no, in, the, in the box. No, he definitely does not. So. No, I think this guy's a little better. The, it was the, the skinnier guy that uh, wasn't as good. I don't even know if it's the mailman that misdelivered mail because it seems to be all pre-sorted, like into little bundles. Yeah. And so, so I think whoever's doing the sorting, he just kind of just... Grabs the next bundle. Yeah. Maybe we're blaming the wrong person, just like you guys are blaming Rita Skeeter for a lot of things. Just be, just being a journalist. No, but we had problems with packages, which come different. He was delivering your packages across to the street behind us. Yeah. And that's not pre-sorted in little bundles. No, that's just lazy. Yeah. <laughs> just the, uh, the unwillingness to read a label. But not this guy. This guy's pretty good. He... he We'll see. He's very dramatic. Christmas time. As he's talk, walking around talking on his phone. And he talks with his hands a lot. <laughs> yes. His whole body that one time. I was like, is, is, is he like convulsing? Is he's he going to Is he gonna pass out and drop to the ground? He's a very expressive talker. Uh, yeah. So thank you, Becky, for the email. You can always send us those broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com or tweet us at broomsticksb. And we uh, really appreciate it. I'm sorry Jess didn't uh, answer your question. I'm I did answer <laughs> her question. I am 
100% positive that Kelly will back me up on this. Avoiding the question. It's not an avoiding. I'm sure there's a confidentiality issue. I don't know. I just think they just send a send Voldemort a letter says, "Hey, buddy," <laughs> and then uh, just a, a like troop, a squad, a squad <laughs> surrounds him in riot gear on brooms, come flying in. <laughs> I think. I think I would love it. I'm in. You Becky, you found a hole in the, no, in the story. No, confidentiality clause. Uh, anything else you want to add? Is that going to do it for us? I think that's going to do it for us. This edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. Thanks, everybody, for downloading, listening, and subscribing. Like you said, email us, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. A shout-out to our friends across the country and across the world, but specifically Anastasia in Connecticut, Kelly in Manhattan, I almost said Brooklyn, Jennifer in Orange County, Austin and Jack, our friends at the People's Trivia Company who do live trivia on their YouTube page every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night. Uh, follow them on Facebook and Twitter, but specifically subscribe to them on Facebook, People's Trivia Company on Facebook. And we'll look, we've been uh, really looking forward to interacting with them, and they've been bringing us a lot of fun throughout this pandemic. So shout out to them. Give them a follow. And I think that's going to do it. I think we've, we've, we've covered it all. All right. So next time we will see you for Chapter 11. Aboard the Hogwarts Aboard the Hogwarts. <laughs> one foot aboard the Hogwarts Express. Until then, I am Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.